Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast, the show that digs deep into the world of geek. I'm Daniel, and this week I just saw Avengers Endgame, the re-release. So naturally I was like, let's do another episode about Avengers Endgame. Well, this episode will focus more on the goodies that's packed at the end of the film, and maybe just a little bit about the movie. But to help me discuss this week's topic, I have a guest. Her Twitter bio describes her as a thrift store stylist, podcaster, storyteller, traveler, blogger, and more. She is also a contributor of Random Chatter and The Marvel Report. Please welcome Lizzie to the show. Lizzie, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm very excited to talk Avengers. It's I like am excited too because you are always posting stuff about Marvel and I love it. <laughs> I, am, I have been posting stuff about Marvel since this whole journey started in 2008. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, Lizzie, I, I want to kind of let our audience get to know you a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, yes, right now I just started a small shop. Um, it's called the Thrifty Duckling. And I've basically uh, quit my day job sort of thing to try to make freelancing my full-time job. Um, so what I do is I, I thrift for Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, and basically any nerdy merchandise or t-shirts or whatever I can find. And I make it available on my shop because, number one, I really believe in thrifting, um, the cycle recycling um, clothing and not not contributing to like fast fashion. I, I studied fashion in college. And I also think it's, it's really hard to thrift for people who aren't used to it and seeing things isolated from a thrift store, like out of that element, it helps them see it as an individual item. So for people who aren't thrifters, it's fun too, to find something new or used <laughs> as the case may be. So I, that's sort of my newest venture. I'm also a podcaster on the Random Chatter Network. Um, I do two podcasts with them, and I'm actually working on starting uh, my own network with three new podcasts coming out hopefully soon. Um, I'm a, an event coordinator um, on the side. I do a lot of things. It's like, here's the 27 was, projects I'm working on at any given moment in my life. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, um, man. Holy crap. <laughs> I know. I know. Every business partner and friend is like, what's happening today? And I'm like, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a um, creative retreat that I'm working on for January and a small shop, like a mini a mini con sort of situation for small shops um, centered around Disney merchandise that I'm hoping to launch in October. So those are probably the main things. There's more, but <laughs> I'll just say those. <laughs> That's awesome. So, needless to say, you're you're busy. I am. I am busy. See, I have I have this thing about busy. I think busy is like a crutch that we always say is like, oh, I'm busy, and it, it's like non-explanatory at all. Like, I think right now the word I would use is activated. Like, I'm fully activated in like in my making like a dream a reality in. If it's just a dream, putting it in the right space, you know. So I'm, I'm really trying to like map it all out. But uh, the other thing that I do, <laughs> it's not enough. Um, I do write for the Marvel Report. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, one of my one of my great friends, Lauren, and she um, sort of brought me into the Marvel Report family. And I will be attending. Is that uh, Lauren Galloway? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, <laughs> I love her. 
We had her on the show a long time ago. Oh, she's wonderful. And she's just like a champion of of voices. Um, And so when I first sort of met her online, she was like, we need you. Come over here. Um, which is amazing. So I'll be attending San Diego Comic-Con with the team as, as press over there covering. So I'll be out there in July. Awesome. We'll be out there as well. Um, not me personally, but a lot of our team will be out there. So oh, cool. we, we probably need to come say, Hey, or whatever. 100%. <laughs> yes. I haven't even started making a schedule yet. There's so much going on. <laughs> of course there always is when it, when it comes to Comic-Con, it's just like, you're trying to plan and figure out exactly what you're going to attack, what you want to go see. I know. And I've never gone to, well, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con and I've never, this will be my second um, con covering as press. I just did make a con in May here in Orlando, um, but that was my first time as press. So this will be like a whole new experience for me. Awesome. And plus with Marvel taking over Hall H, forget it. <laughs> I'm going to be like, my head's going to be spinning on my shoulders. You're going to be camping out there ready to go. 100%. Yes. In my Captain America t-shirt. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, when did your love for Marvel begin? You, you briefly said 2008, you started tweeting about it. Um, were you just instantly a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I was like 100%. Um, I have been a Robert Downey Jr. fan for a long time. Um, even though in the 90s, he really wasn't who he was in the eighties, you know, he sort of was off the map, but he was in a movie called kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And for some reason, I loved that movie and I already known about him, but it really brought him back on the map for me. And that was right around the time, right before or around the time that Iron Man came out. And I just fell in love with Iron Man. He's not even my favorite Avenger, but the movie itself and what I felt like they were tapping into like the possibility. Um, But as a kid, I always loved, actually DC heavily. I was a, I'm a Superman girl. I love Superman deeply. Batman animated series is one of my favorite shows. Um, my brother's, yeah, man, like the best. (laughs) Um, my brother's a big nerd and he, he's two years younger than me, but his love of all geek culture sort of permeated. And we, we really shared that growing up. So the other two that I loved and watched was the Spider-Man animated series and the X-Men animated series, which really brought the X-Men animated series really brought me into the Marvel universe because I love the X-Men. Um, probably back then X-Men was second only to Superman as a care as characters go. Um, but I didn't know anything about the Avengers at all. Like I, I never read comics. It was really, really hard for me to keep up with them while, while I love reading a book. Comics, like when do they come out? You know, keeping up with serials, it just was like blew my mind. It did not work for me. So comic books were, and my brother and my dad didn't read them like regularly. So it just wasn't a part of my my world. Um, and I was much more Star Wars centric as a child. Um, so it was really all about star Wars all the time. Not um, respect. that's a whole nother game and a whole other topic. I could go toe to toe on any star Wars topic for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it was very minimal when I was a kid other than X-Men and Spider-Man they, I knew, I knew a lot about them. I just said Spider-Man. Like that's the last name. <laughs> My dad and I like to say it like that, like Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, yeah, Pete, um, Peter Spiderman. Peter Spiderman. <laughs> it's just a little grand. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so the one in, and I watched all of the comic book movies 
anyone that come out, I would eat it up. Toby Spidey is one of my absolute favorites. I love the X-Men run, except for the third one of either of those franchises. Um, you know, all of anything like that. I mean, Batman Returns is one of my favorite comic book movies still. Um, okay, that could be very controversial. There's a lot of people that don't that don't, I know, think I don't that understand. That's probably one of the greatest films. So that's that's kind of cool that you you, oh. you like a movie that's not in the popular popular opinion. Oh my god, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is like my spirit life. Like I, I was blown away by her performance, and I just wanted to be her. So that will live on for me. Like this new one, and they were saying like Penguin and Catwoman. I was like, you're wrong. Whatever's happening, it's wrong. <laughs> You yeah, there's supposed to be like that. six villains in this next one. I is, I'll watch it because I watch every single one. Like it, it's, I just, it's in me. I'll watch it, but I, I'm skeptical. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I do know that when I went to see Iron Man in theaters in 2008, it was I, I felt like it was something special, especially that end credit scene and just back then it was midnight showings and you went with. Uh, you know, everybody was a fan in the theater and uh, we all reacted together. And I remember that palpable feeling at the end when Nick Fury shows up and it just freaking out and, and just the fervor and everything. And I was like, this is different. This is different than every other comic book movie I've ever seen. This is something. And then it progressively just got better and better with Thor, you know, with Cap and then Thor and just, ah, uh, Avengers. First Avengers is my favorite of the entire franchise. It will never be knocked off. It just can't be. Um, so that's my relationship with the comic book industry in general, as well as with this particular franchise. Now, I, I don't know how old you are. You said you watched every single comic book movie that came out. Were, were you of the age to like enjoy like classics such as the 90s version of Captain America or the Dolph Lundgren version of The Punisher, things like that? So I know of, but did not actually watch. So I'm 36. I was born in 82. Um, so... And my brother's two years younger than me. So anything my parents loved and they're geeks themselves. So Star Wars, again, Star Wars was like the main one. Um, but basically if my parents didn't love it or my brother didn't know about it, I, never, I didn't watch it. <laughs> so no to those two particularly. While I didn't know about <laughs> Punisher as a character. Well, maybe I didn't actually back then. I also was raised in like a like a little bit more conservative religious household, so Punisher definitely would have been, would not have been on the um on the allowed to watch list in the nineties. <laughs> I, I can understand that. Yeah. Well, cool. So, so your love for Marvel progressively grew. You're saying that Avengers is your favorite film of all time. Um, no, it's not Marvel my favorite film words. of all time. It's my favorite film of the it, franchise. Franchised, yes. I'm sorry, I was I was I was correcting myself there. <laughs> Star Wars is um, my favorite films of all time. <laughs> which one? Star Wars. Oh, okay. Oh no, I don't distinguish uh, all of them. Just just the Star Wars, no, except for the new trilogy. I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll have a discussion about that off 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 radio. Um, <laughs> we can. <laughs> so, uh, are there any other of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films that you? Phil are in high regards like Avengers one, the first Avengers. Oh film. my gosh. Good Lord. Okay. Here, here you go. I'm going to tell you the two that are not in high esteem and that will tell you that all of the rest of them, it's very hard for me to rate because I love them all so much. <laughs> so, um, I would say that the ones that, that I watch and make me feel the most, um, are 
anything with Cap. Cap is my favorite. He is the Avenger to me. He's the main one. He's the only one. I don't care. like. I love Maul, but he's my Avenger. Um, so Civil War. So it would be Avengers, um, Winter Soldier, Civil War. Those three, and then really closely after that would probably be Ragnarok and Guardians as as a top five. Um, but it's really hard for me to distinguish any above the entire story being told. The two movies that I deeply dislike are Iron Man 2 and Dark World, um, Thor Dark World. I, I can't with those two movies. Every time I do an entire rewatch, I'm like, do I have to watch Iron Man 2? Do I have to watch Thor 2? They're so bad. <laughs> but, That's um, interesting. So after you oh. see Avengers Endgame, did you go back and watch the Dark World again just to kind of see if maybe your opinion has changed? So I'm waiting to do that because I did a full rewatch going into Endgame and I've wanted to watch it six, uh, successively in the theaters on its own. And I will watch the entire franchise again when it's available on digital. So I have a whole plan. Um, but I want to give myself space because I've, I've really been tempted to go back and watch uh, Infinity War again. So what I did before Endgame was the way that I rewatched it. Well, backing up. Before Infinity War, I did an entire chronological to the timeline rewatch. And I did a, a whole series on the Marvel Report about watching it that way. So you could do release date order. You could do chronological order. And I did, you know, starting with First Avenger and working my way through. But this time I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I did a character study instead based on the trilogies. And then sort of packing um, other origin stories in around who I felt like matched with the trilogy, if that makes sense. So I started with the Iron Man trilogy. Um, I did watch Iron Man 2 to my chagrin always. I'm like, ah, this movie. <laughs> I only watch it for Black Widow, to be very, very honest, because her, her scene in that movie is awesome, and it's the only oh, reason what? to watch it, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but so I watched I, the Iron Man trilogy, and then I tacked on um, Doctor Strange. Um, who did I, oh, now I have to remember it all. <laughs> um, I, well, I tacked on whoever I felt matched with that character. Oh, so I did Spidey um, because of the relationship between Tony and Spidey. Um, and then I watched the Thor trilogy. No, no, no. Then I watched the Cap trilogy. And I tacked on Black Panther, Captain Marvel, um, and Ant-Man because of Ant-Man's regard for Cap. I felt really matched with that. So the two Ant-Man movies. Then I watched the Thor trilogy and um, the Guardians movies. And then I finished with the Avengers trilogy right like days before I went into Endgame. What I loved about it was the like the individual picture of each character, like especially the main three, knowing that we were probably going to lose Tony and Cap um, and possibly Thor because up back then it was up up in the air about him too. Um, and it was the best way to watch it, to be honest. It was my favorite way to watch it. So now that I'm like... That sound interesting because you broke it down by each character and yeah. maybe there's their supporting characters that kind of, you know, that they've touched lives and stuff on. And you broke it down like that. That's kind of cool. I never thought to even watch the, the saga that way. Thank you. Um, it, was, it was so special, especially... After I walked out of Endgame, I felt like I'm so glad I did it that way. I mean, obviously, I was bawling and just uncontrollable blubbering. 
which I so I went to see it for the fourth time on Friday with the re-release and I was like when will I never well when will come a time when I don't cry watching this movie I don't think it's it'll ever happen you know I was honest. fighting back I I, oh. I I I got emotional in in the last several showings that I saw so today I was like I'm not gonna do it and then it was like I knew what was getting ready to happen and I was like <laughs> and then I was like I'm holding it back I'm fighting I'm I'm I could do this and then like uh, I'll get you some cheeseburgers. I'll get you all the cheeseburgers. I was like, oh my <laughs> I was just like a blubbering fool, man, at that scene. Oh. I don't know why that scene touches me so much. Because it's wonderful and beautiful and it's happy. And it's like, he's, he's taking over for Tony. And I don't know. It was, it's everything. It's I, so this is hard for me to say, I will say this right now to you. It's hard for me to say, but I don't think I've even felt this way about Star Wars. And that's difficult for me to say as a gigantic diehard Star Wars fan. I can't tell you the first time I saw Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars as part of my psyche. And there's not a time of my life when I don't didn't know about Star Wars being a part of my life. Um, and the closest might come is... And this is, I, Al Star Wars fans are going to hate me for this, but I think The Phantom Menace, because it was the first time I like felt like Star Wars was back, you know, after childhood, right? And I so, can agree with that. Yeah. And so I, I don't think I felt like watching a Star Wars movie the way I felt watching Phantom Menace, just because it was the start of something new. Um, but this is something different because it's the end of something which is going to keep going, which has got the excitement of not being over. So it's like so confusing, but amazing. I don't know. But It's the I, end, but it's also the beginning. Yeah. It's the end of some things that I don't want to end, but I understand and I'm okay with it because it was done beautifully. Um, but I've never felt this way watching a movie in my entire life. I've never felt so invested, like pain in my chest of losing, you know, but also the, you know, the moment um, when everyone's coming back, like the just joy of like togetherness. I, I just never felt that way watching a movie before. So I can't say that Endgame is my favorite of the franchise because it makes me cry so uncontrollably. I, I won't, I, it's not one I could just pop in. Um, but I don't think any other movie will ever touch me the way this movie has. That's hard to say. <laughs> no, I, I, I can understand that. And, um, I think now is the perfect time to start talking about Endgame. So I want to kind of give a little bit of a spoiler warning. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has probably already seen the movie multiple times. We are oh going to talk God. about the additional footage at the end of the film. So if you haven't seen it and you want to be you know, surprised about the additional footage, or if you haven't even seen Endgame, just be warned. We're getting ready to throw out a bunch of spoilers. So with that being said... Yeah, I can I could I could see Avengers Endgame being the type of movie that maybe because of because of how emotional it is, um, you probably wouldn't want to throw it in your DVD player and watch it a hundred times. But I don't know, I feel like I'm gonna be the exact opposite. I, I I found the movie to be so fun and so just so lighthearted and such I mean, it was like a comic book to life. It's like yeah. it was it, it was the perfect movie i think for in the comic book world it was just the perfect type of movie for a comic book that i could see myself watching this just whenever everything about that movie is great even the deaths are great oh they're um, so good <laughs> they, they 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 wrapped up all the characters perfectly and yeah i just i i, I don't know i mean I, I i feel that i'm different I'm, i feel like when this movie does come out finally on blu-ray that i'm going to be watching this a lot 
And I'm going to be analyzing it screen by screen, you know, because like today I noticed something that was a little weird. Um, so, and this is just me I'm nitpicking little things. Cause when I go see movies multiple times, I start to notice things and I'm sure you do the same. 100%. But when, <laughs> when they captured Nebula. Yeah. Uh, and, and by they, I mean, Thanos and um, the, the 2014 gang, when they captured uh, 2023's Nebula, Everybody only had one PIM particle to get them back into the past and one uh, vial to get them back into the future or the yeah. present, I should say. So my question is, is how did past Nebula get to the present with the rest of the, with the rest of the team? And then how did the ship get there? Because there was only one vial of PIM particles. And if you remember when the ship, when she brings the ship in, the ship is growing and then it explodes out of the building. So obviously they were using pin particles to, to travel the, uh, the, the quantum realm. So I was like, okay, how did that happen? So um, what I think happened, I knew this was going to be your question when you started this. I don't know why <laughs> I was like, I know, I know where he's going with this. I think it's when you, when you just have rewatched it, everything is so fresh. Um, but I think what happened, this is just conjecture. I have no, I have no, you know, line in to know if this is true or not cap goes into the lab and grabs four vials but he and tony only need two to get back right correct leaving two because he grabs four and he needs one at the very end when he when he leaves and then by then you might they might have procured more but i feel like that leaves one in play so if everybody comes back and it's somewhere, you know what I mean? But I mean, the time, the, the confusing thing is that everything happens so quickly in succession once they come back, you know, mm -hmm. well, there's that morning period with, with Natasha before like things really ramp up. Yes. There I don't is. know. That's, that's my only hypothesis is because I, I noticed when he's in the lab, he grabbed four vials of pin particles and I was like, why did he grab four? Because he only needs two to get back from the seventies to to their timeline. Well, I was thinking leaves, he grabbed four just in case you know something happened again to where they didn't get the tesseract or something, and they had to go somewhere else. Sure. That was, well, that's that, was that would still mean that two are in play essentially after they return to the timeline, which is when Nebula would come back, and then Correct, if but, it's around. But my only thought is, is Nebula would have to have gotten, man, I can't even talk, would have got, totally have to fine. have gotten that uh, bottle of pimp particles to Thanos in the past, which would have caused her to time jump. I don't know. It was just, to, I when see, I saw I see that, I was, I was like, okay, that's weird. And I need to stop doing this because it's ruining the movie experience for me. Because <laughs> last time I recorded an episode, I'm like, okay, here's why Captain America shouldn't have been able to, you know, go back and pass. And he shouldn't have been there on the bench. And I started going into this whole rant about <laughs> my you know, dad. He he would, you could go toe to toe with my dad. He will 100% support you in, in all like time loop holes. Like he's like, wait, wait now. <laughs> I was like, dad, so here's, this is me, 100%. You tell me a story and I will believe you, to be honest. Like, I'm a very trusting person. I don't look for or often see loopholes because I am like, that's the story. I don't think of like, oh, it should have been done differently. If it's a poorly made movie that makes me think, I wish they had done this differently, 
that's when I know they haven't sold a story to me. And that's, mm-hmm. that's like a glaring, uh, obvious thing for me that I can pick it out immediately. But if I'm walking out of the theater, just completely sold on whatever was told to me, I know that it's been a story that I've just accepted. So branch timelines with quantum theory into it. I will, you know, I'm totally sold. The fact that Cap went back and essentially changed Peggy's timeline, even though he shouldn't been able to because of the whole you can't kill baby Thanos thing. uh, It's fine because of branch reality. So whatever, he created a multiverse, but the timeline was still able to be changed. So that's how my brain works. So (laughs) loopholes are like lost on me. I've accepted it. It's okay. Oh yeah. I'm like... (laughs) No, no, it's fine. There's definitely a way it happened. I don't know what it is, but it happened. <laughs> well, the reason why why we went to go see Avengers Endgame yet again, not because it's you know not a, a not a good film. I mean, I would go see it multiple times. It's just it would probably break my bank. But it's because <laughs> they re released it um, with additional footage. So we saw Avengers. We watched the three hour movie. There was nothing added additional to the actual film itself. Everything came at the end of the actual movie. Um, one of the very first scenes that we see is a tribute to Stan Lee. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, it, it wasn't meant to be emotional. I don't think, but it, it, it actually made me very emotional watching that because um, I love Stan. Um, wow. And I'm sure everybody out there does as well. And just seeing him again and having seen him interact with the cast and all that stuff. Um, it was just, it was just awesome to see. And, and uh, they ended that with uh, Stan, we love you 3000. Uh, it got <laughs> it was, me. I was already like emotional from the movie. And I was like, really? <laughs> like I knew it was coming and still, I, I agree with you 100%. I think him talk. I love like, the reason why I love Star Wars so much is George Lucas's mind, like thinking about him writing it and as a storyteller, as a writer, as somebody who loves that world of creation, his, I want to get in his brain and like understand, you know what I mean? And I feel the same way, like really the same way about Stan and just like this interconnectivity that he created on the page and how Kevin Feige came in and saw how he could create it in real life and, and hearing Stan talk about how he never imagined it being what it's become. I thought I was like, (laughs) just, I get it. Like Stan, I get it. (laughs) And I just started crying all over again. (laughs) Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't bawling, but I mean, it did make me tear up. It was, it was, it was pretty emotional. It was, um, he, he looked like he actually had a lot of fun with the cast. I mean, I love that. I love that they showed all the behind the scenes stuff. And so, so basically, so y'all can understand what we're talking about. They showed a, uh, it was a tribute to Stan Lee, which was a bunch of clips talking about all of his cameos in um, all of the Marvel films. And um, it showed all the behind the scenes stuff about him learning the script. And maybe, you know, you saw the jokes on, on set where he was like, you know, this is a lot of words or whatever he said. Um, we got to see the cast interaction with him. We got to hear different directors talk about working with him. And he was talking about how, how uh, characters that he created all these many years ago, he never dreamed that they would ever be up on the big screen. And it, it just, it honored him to, you know, be a part of it just with these cameos. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice little tribute. I, I, I think it was, I felt that they should have probably done that in the original run of the film. 
I feel like it would have been too emotional, to be honest. I'm, I'm glad they waited. I don't think I could have handled it after after seeing Endgame. I was actually, so I was really glad they didn't have an end credit scene because I didn't want to be teased about, like, the entire network was like, we want we want an X-Men tease. We want, what if Wolverine's there? And I was like, listen to me now. If there is anybody in an end credit scene, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to tell you right now before I even walk into this movie, that that's what's going to happen because I'm going to need a moment. I'm going to need like three months of a moment to just like take it in and let it, let it sit with me. And I feel like to add on a Stanley tribute when you first see Endgame would have, would have been too much. And I actually, I loved what they did with Captain Marvel. I thought it was the perfect timing to use the opener as that moment to bring you into the movie with that sort of like emotional juggernaut, but not end with it. And this is perfect. I think this is perfect to re-release it later, give it a boost with the box office take. I honestly think it could have to be, I mean, when we get into talking about the rest of the re-release, I think they should have ended at the Stanley cameo. I mean, Stanley tribute. Cause I thought it was, I, I was planning on seeing it at least two more times before at least the theaters anyways. So <laughs> I was, already prepared and I would have loved to see that I'm you know whenever except for the first night I couldn't have taken it <laughs> walking really out of the theater sad and then with Stan Lee's tribute you'd have been like I'm, I'm done no I'd have been like I why 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 have you murdered me emotionally <laughs> I already was murdered emotionally even this time like it was funny I found myself um so there's different ten pole moments when I know I'm gonna like get teary. Um, and the first time I watched it, when Natasha and Cap are sitting across the table over the peanut butter sandwich, and she's getting teary talking about this being her family and she doesn't know what to do without it, I lost it right then. But that was a little bit into the you know into the first act. This last time, Tony's in the ship and like dying with Nebula up there and. Over right before Captain Marvel comes in, they're playing the funeral music over that. And I didn't hear that before because I wasn't paying attention and I lost it five minutes into the movie. <laughs> I was like, this is not gonna go well if I'm already crying. She's like, they were playing football and I lost it. <laughs> oh I, I was like, this is and that is with a theater full of annoying talking people because all four times I've gone to see it has been the worst theater experiences of my entire life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it's been horrible. But the fact that I've managed to still be emotionally connected to the film over that says even more to me because it's it's just been horrible. My first time going, I sat next to this couple and the girl. I swear I had never seen one freaking Marvel movie. I don't know if you curse on this podcast, but it makes me want to curse. Um, Oh, I wanted to punch your boyfriend straight in the the balls because first of all, don't bring your stupid newbie girlfriend to this movie. And then she's sitting there asking him questions. Who's that? And he's like, oh, that's Thor. I was like, I'm sorry. What did you just explain who Thor was? Get out. Get out. Well, in her defense, he was a little chunky in this film. No, not in the very first scene. He's not. Oh yeah, I guess not. He looks exactly like he does in Ragnarok. And if she didn't see Ragnarok, she can go straight to H-E double hockey sticks. As far as I'm concerned. Wow. I was <laughs> so mad. Really like, that's, how, that's how I felt in the theater. I was like, I, I, I don't understand who this girl is that you're dating. First of all, are you married to her? Because you can get out of this thing. Because she's asking you about who Thor is. 
here, here's a business card to a lawyer I know. You need to you need to go down there and talk to him now. Yeah, how permanent is this relationship? Because you got to get out. <laughs> She's just asking every asinine question. The, my my favorite part of that interaction because it was uh, it was ongoing through the whole movie. I was like, shh, and then she'd do it again, and then I was like, please. I was just like, please. <laughs> And they kept just talking. They didn't get, they didn't give a crap. And I was like, great. I hate you, but whatever. There was at the very end when everybody on your left and everybody's coming in, right? She tries, she turns to him to ask a question and he goes, no. <laughs> and I, I wanted to like slow cap, slow clap, stand up and like root for him in that moment. You got your balls back, man. He's like, shut up. Oh, this seems important. <laughs> that's, that was my first time seeing it. And that was my experience. And it's just gotten like, it's just the same. Everybody just talks like that are in their theater. Sorry, this is a diatribe all of a sudden, but like, oh, no, to, it's, fine. it's the layer, it's adding a layer of the fact that even with that being my theater experience, um, usually that would ruin a movie for me. Like that, that movie would have a, like this sort of like veneer of having been ruined in some way by these annoying freaking human beings that can't shut their mouths in a theater. But the fact that I was still so emotionally invested in the entire journey and just bawling by the end of it, I was like, it's, it's above and beyond. It, it doesn't even care about this girl who doesn't even know who Thor is for Pete's freaking sake. Gosh, <laughs> well, have you never been on crazy. Twitter? Do you not know anything? <laughs> my, my theater experience, you know, I've seen it several times in the theater as well, but you know, I, I have the theaters where it was always a packed house, even today's showing, which was crazy. It was, you know, here's the movie two months into its run and it's still a packed house. Um, but I have the showings where everybody is cheering and gasping yeah. and laughing and crying and, you know, they're invested in the movie. And those are the type of movie experiences I enjoy because they're not talking over the film. They're enjoying the same scenes that I'm enjoying. Um, and I, you know, I like hearing the cheering. I like, you know, cause I, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, it's weird that you had that experience. Four times for every single time. It's like, I'm in some other universe and these people who don't, who don't care at all are just talking through it. I had to move yesterday. Like I literally got up. There were three different groups of people talking around me just externally to the movie. Like, like they're in their living room, just talking through a film. And I could tell from their reactions that it was their first time. And I was like, how are you not invested? How are you not into this? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I had to get up and move. But the crazy thing to me, so what I, I, I grew up going to midnight showings. That's when you went to see a movie because that's when people would dress up and everybody would wait in line for three hours. Exactly. You'd become best friends with every single person in line by the end of, by the time the movie started. That's um, for always Star Wars lines. Oh my God. Yes. Every single Star Wars movie that I was alive for, except for um, Return of the Jedi, because I was like two uh, or like one, um, I that's the experience we had. We went as a family. Our friend groups came. We we were one hundred percent like those people. We'd three hours in line, like whatever. That's what you did. And then even when it wore down for other movies, I mean, I went to the midnight showing for Iron Man, like with one of my great friends in New York. We went together. Uh, we went and saw Man of Steel together. We went and saw. Um, all the Batman, the Dark Knight movies together, like we, midnight showings were my jam. And when that started to go away, I really, I really feel like I lost something in the movie going experience because it erased that camaraderie that you get. And now it's like a completely different 
situation, which I'm, I wish I could be in the theater like that. That's what I want. <laughs> and I'm always shocked yeah. when I don't, when it's not what happens, but anyway, yeah, now you get to go online, you pick your seat in advance and you show up five minutes before the movie starts yeah. and you, you lose, you lose all that. I agree. Yeah, it's sad. And it's so, but anyways, to bring it back around, this movie transcended that for me, which is, it was surprising because I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to hate this movie because these people suck. <laughs> but it didn't at all. Um, I don't know. It's sorry. We went on a complete tangent. But <laughs> oh, no, that, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's, 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 it's part of the experience. I mean, yeah. sadly, you know, you had four bad experiences, but you were still able to enjoy the film. And that's really what matters. Yeah. Oh, I think um, the point I was going to say was I was already going to try to see it a couple more times to try to get an experience that didn't have talking humans throughout the whole film. So I thought this might've been the one, but it wasn't. So I will be seeing it one more time in the theater before it leaves. Well, um, I was going to say you're, you're going to have the perfect opportunity when it comes out on Blu-ray in August. That's true. <laughs> but I, I, for me, this, the experience of the big screen is so unforgettable and so special that I tried it. I saw Phantom Menace in theaters nine times, nine and that's when, like, non-matinee, night showing, like, $12 a ticket, nine times. That's impressive. Yeah. Like, that's just how I roll. I got to see it in I, theaters as many times as possible. I don't even think I've seen it that many times in the theater. Yeah. I've so this, I will 100% see this five times, maybe six if I don't get a good experience next time. <laughs> that's I'll just keep trying. Well, you keep helping that bankroll for Avengers. I will. Half of that is my money right there. Two billion dollars, it's half of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, rolling back around to the uh, to the uh, additional scenes that they added, um, the second scene that we got af after the stand tribute was an Incredible Hulk deleted scene. Now, uh, to set up this deleted scene, first I want to point out that they didn't finish any of the work. It's, it was all the pre-res of the character, things like that. So we didn't get to see a finished Hulk or anything like that. Looked really weird when Hulk was talking, but his mouth wasn't moving. <laughs> so weird. Saw that. So um, weird. But so to kind of set it up, there's a building that's on fire. The fire department's there. They, there's some people trapped in the building. They can't get into the building. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Hulk comes jumping in, rescues the people by putting them on a dish, a satellite dish of some sorts, and jumping out of the building and rescued everybody. And then I can't remember what he said to the fire, uh, the fireman out there who happened to be Uncle Phil from... Uh, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> from, Carl. Uh, oh, sorry, Carl from uh, uh, Die Hard. Well, um, from Family Matters, but yes. Uh, the cop from Die Hard as well. The cop from Die sorry. Hard, Carl from Family Matters. Uncle Phil is uh, uh, Fresh Prince, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Other, different, different. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was kind of a cool scene. But what were your thoughts on that? Do you think oh. that was worth the price of an additional ticket to see that? Nope. No. No, 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 no. Definitely not. And I, so I put on my Insta story after I left the theater, I said, if you really want to know, I'll tell you, because I, I don't blow up spoilers. I, I can't stand when people do that or just put stuff in their thing. Even with a spoiler alert, I just, I won't do it. You have, if you want to know, I'll tell you. Most of the time, I probably won't even tell you. But this, I felt like this is, this is something I really would endorse if I felt like it was worth it. And I really wanted people to have the option if they wanted to really 
no or not. So I did offer that. So I had a bunch of people ask me and no, it's not worth it whatsoever. Actually, I thought number one, of course they cut it. It's ridiculous for that to have made any part of the movie. It doesn't fit into any, any part of the storytelling. The fact yeah, I was that, trying to figure out where that would have fit in, in the actual film itself. And I no. mean, maybe it would have been a backstory of him telling him after, you know, telling the Ant-Man after he got his powers, but I'm like, I don't see where that would have even fit in at. No, because I mean, if anything, the thing you would have shown was his struggle between collating Bruce and Hulk into Professor Hulk somehow. That didn't have anything to do with it. And then he's like, he gets the phone call and he says, Steve who? Is he talking about Steve Rogers? Is yeah, he I'm talking that's about what it was supposed to be. Stephen Strange? Because he knows both of those people as Hulk. Yeah, I don't know. It, that's it was, ridiculous. It was a weird scene. That, I was, and so the one of the Russo brothers does the intro before the Stan Lee tribute, and he's like, you know, not everything makes it in, and we really wanted to share some of the things that didn't make it in, and I was like, dear God, this was on the like floor. This was gonna make it in. No. <laughs> it makes me wonder if, like, when after it said five years later, if it show if if the movie was originally going to show like. Um, you know how like it showed Cap with the, the support group and Nat, you know, with all the people and stuff. It makes me wonder if like they were going to show what like some of the other Avengers were doing, um, you know, well, like Hulk saving people, things like that. The only thing that it made me think of was that that's how he's famous now is that he's just going around saving everybody and trying to be a positive Hulk in that he wants to change the persona. That's the one mm -hmm. thing that I thought maybe this is where they were going with that was because if you think about, especially after Sokovia and all of that Hulk's perception in the world is very, very negative. You know, he's, you know, Scarlet, Witch takes over his mind and he goes on this rampage and that's why they flee to, you know, the Barton cottage. So then from that perspective, he's, he's sort of this scary creature to people so then when you jump to Professor Hulk in the restaurant and the kids come up to him and want pictures with him and know him, so there's been a switch from the pers from like the, um, the monster to this famous celebrity. Right. Now. Yeah. So I thought m maybe that's where they were going with it in that now he's going off and saving people and trying to switch that. But the, but the Steve who didn't make any sense to me because he knows Steve as both Hulk and as Bruce. So there's no way either iteration would know who he was. So that was, that was strange to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, his character in the movie itself kind of struck me as, um, someone that wasn't all upstairs. Like, you know, he was always distracted. Um, you know, when they were like, come on, Bruce, get, get back to the time travel. He was like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, he, so it kind of made sense a little bit to me when he was like, you know, cause the person on the phone was probably like, Hey, Steve needs to get a hold of you. Steve who, you know? Oh, that guy or whatever. Um, yeah, it just seemed like, it just seemed like a strange choice. I, I would have been more okay with the, like trying to change the Hulk persona into life saving uh, without the Steve who part. Cause I was like, that doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. In that well, Avengers, just, he knows who who Steve is, you know? Unless you're saying Hulk knows who Cap is and Bruce knows who Steve is, and now is Hulk asking who Steve is because he knows Cap, not Steve? That's stupid. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 
I think the whole scene itself probably shouldn't have been the one that they showed. I'm sure that they're, no. you know, they, they said that the movie was what, three and a half hours or something like that. And they had to cut off about half an hour. So I'm sure there's other deleted scenes out there that probably would have been better to show. Um, and I it would have made 100%. me feel like I was, I was, I was spending money, you know, correctly. I mean, it was, I, I felt like I went in there spending money on these additional scenes and it was a really lame cut scene. I, I agree when I was like, this is, this is prior to the movie. Lots of people are like, I don't understand. I'm pissed that they're doing this. It's just to get the record. And I was like, number one, Avatar did a re-release. They have a re-release as part of the record. So of course they're uh, doing it to get the record. Who cares? Plus yeah, Avatar spent like 34 weeks in the theaters. So something ridiculous. So to give a, it a boost to try to beat that record, I'm I'm there for that. I would have been there for that if they hadn't added anything or just the Stanley tribute, and they were like, "Let's beat that record and make it about that." Just be upfront. I don't care. I'll I'll go by. I would have done it. But so burning on it, I was 100 like, "No, why? Just this is awesome. They're giving us extra content. It's what we want. It's Blu-ray before Blu-ray. That's that's thinking forward into what." you know, how to market differently. I, I was just all on board to defend this move. And then when I saw it, I was like, yikes, I'm going to have to backtrack. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine like if they actually was like, all right, we're going to give you 30 more minutes of additional content. And it's like basically everything you would have seen on a, a, a Blu-ray disc. I think that would have been too much, but what? I would have, I would have freaked minutes, out. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. Could you imagine like if they just showed like, I don't know more than what they did because the third thing they showed. Oh God. Okay. No, this one pissed me off. Was a quick tease of Spider-Man far from home. Now I have not seen far from home yet. Uh, we, we did go, we did go to the, uh, press, uh, uh, screening of it. So there are members of the temple of geek staff who have oh, seen oh, it. Oh. And from what I understand, I was like, what we just saw on the screen was the first few minutes of Spider-Man. Oh my God. That, that makes me so mad. So they show the, they show, uh, agent, uh, I'm sorry. I was getting ready to say agent Carter. Hill. They show, uh, Maria Hill and, um, um, Nick, Nick Fury, Nick Fury. Holy crap. I'm drawing a blank here in a so car driving to a, to a, a rundown town. that looks like it's been destroyed in Mexico. They get out of the car and they, they start talking about, uh, a typhoon man with a, a face on it. And then all of a sudden we see Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, Mysterio and then a rock creature appears behind him. They start attacking him. And then that was it. It was like a minute. Deeply, deeply, deeply. No. Now I will say when they first pulled up and it said Mexico, I got so excited thinking that it was going to be like an actual end credit scene to tease something past far from home, like in the phase four, I 100% thought that was what was about to happen. I did too. Oh, <laughs> I was like, holy crap, we're getting some new stuff. Oh my God, this is awesome. Now I'm excited. Now I'm pumped. Now it, it's Spider-Man. What the hell? Also, you know why? Because one of the one of the big conversation pieces, because there's so much diversity in Marvel, they're doing it really, really well. They're phasing out the sort of like, you know, classic white Chris superhero era and just blowing it up with diversity, females and different nationalities and, and you know, different races and everything. That's that's the conversation, right? But the Latin American population is largely missing right now. I mean, we've got Louise, but that's really it. So. Uh, you know, a lot of Latin friends of mine have been like, I don't see myself, you know, everybody sees themselves and I don't see myself. And I was like, 
And so then I saw Mexico and I was like, oh, what's it going to be? It's going to be, I just got so excited for the, the, the diversity possibility. And then I was like, oh no. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was really disappointed with that. And then that's how it actually ended. So that was our additional footage for Avengers Endgame. And I'm just, I walked out of the cinema going, I love the movie. I love the stand tri- tribute. But I wasn't too keen on the other two clips that they showed. No, they were useless. I, I would have been, like I said, I would have been fine if it was a Stanley tribute and a push to go see it before Far From Home, you know, whatever. That would have been okay with me. I would have 100% been like, yep, take my money. I will go see the little extra thing that you gave and after the movie. And I feel like that would have been something. Um, but I think, number one, Marvel's working against Marvel here because they have set a precedent for end credit scenes. And they worked against themselves by pulling this shenanigan. Because we've come yeah, to expect I mean, that, that, a certain level of excellence. Well, see, well, you need, and I think, I think I agree with you there. And this would have been a perfect in credit scene if this was the initial run. Because That's think what about I, it, we I would said have gotten a month ago. Yes, we would have gotten yeah. that stinger and. Um, yeah. But the problem is, is they, they promised us this, this additional, this additional footage um, and a few surprises, no. but to me, that wasn't, I don't know. It, it just wasn't worth getting my, my, my butt back out there basically to go see the movie. Now I, I, I enjoyed the movie again. I really did enjoy watching the movie again for the fourth time, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the additional stuff at the end was, was the driving force. I mean, after I left there, I was just like, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, was so good, like, eh. <laughs> I, I just, I, I agree with you like a month and a half ago. Well now two months ago, like, you know, April 26th, 25th, first day show that you, you don't have maybe have one trailer out for far from home, but you don't have the gigantic press push that the week of Spider-Man far mm-hmm. from home day before days before the premiere or day of the premiere or something crazy like that. When was the premiere? Thursday? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Thursday. Thursday. So you have the premiere the day before this re-release run, and all of the press has been out there. We've seen every bit of like TV spots and trailers and teasers and everything. It's not like we don't know who Mysterio is at this point, so that's not surprising. It's. I just was like, this is a terrible move. On It's not terrible. It's, a, it's inconsequential, and I think from that perspective, perspective what they've done is made and credit scenes impactful teasing interesting it makes you want to go home and google everything you saw you're like who's that big purple guy like what is who is he like i remember after avengers i was like i don't even know who Thanos is but i want to know more yeah. <laughs> um like this was like they took the entire, it was, you know how it made me feel after Age of Ultron when Joss was like, there's no end credit scene. And, I, and everybody was like, of course there is. He's lying. And then we all went and we stayed and there wasn't. And we were like, what the junk? Why? Yeah, you, took, you took that away from us, man. You did. You, uh, you've I, been building a whole thing for years and then you're like, nah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, this, this Spider-Man scene would have been amazing if it was, you know, we just had the emotional roller coaster that was Tony Stark's funeral. We just saw Peggy and Steve dancing at the end. Fade the black, shows the signatures, and then now we see Maria Hill and Nick Fury on another mission. And, okay, I, would, I was yeah, really cool Yeah, that would have been that. great. Even if they had just ended it in, like, them pulling into Mexico, like, 
and like talking just between themselves without even seeing Mysterio. I feel like that would have been something, you know, but like, I just thought this was like a weird, a strange move. Also, there is no way that they don't have a lot of extra footage from that final battle of different characters interacting and different things happening within the mix of that. There's no way there's not extra footage of that scene. So well, it makes if me you wonder had, if they're trying to save that for the Blu-ray, so that way you're like, wow, this Blu-ray actually has a lot of deleted scenes in it. I, but you know, where would ha- where would it have more impact? Here is where to it would me, have it more been in impact. The theater. If you're, you're you're asking right. people to come out and spend more money, so yes, I agree with you. But I, I think they're holding it for the the home release. Maybe I think it was. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a mistake. And there's if you have thirty full minutes of let's say you have thirty full minutes of deleted scenes, which is even a lot for any DVD or Blu-ray. Um, at the most, what do you have? Ten minutes, like maybe a couple yeah, scenes typically. here or there, but not thirty minutes. That's like Lord of the Rings level, um, <laughs> which nobody does it like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> as far as like bonus content, nobody zero people do it like Lord of the Rings. Um, but. <laughs> If you had, as <laughs> side note, um, count the franchises that I'll mention as we go through this. And then if you have any other podcasts that you want me to talk about nerdy things, you'll know which ones I know about. <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> a lot. I could talk about a lot of nerdy things. Um, well, I'll start adding you to some of the shows. Um. <laughs> I can do Star Wars. Uh, old DC. Uh, don't talk to me about new DC. We won't. It won't be good for anybody. Um, <laughs> anyways, I I think take out what f- even a five minutes of deleted scenes is a lot. Like that that Hulk scene was maybe a minute and a half. So if you're talking yeah, about, we would have gotten at least two or three scenes. Yeah, three scenes pulled out. Five minutes of content, which is nothing to add to a three hour movie. That still would leave you with 25 minutes for the Blu-ray, and it would make people feel like they had gotten something. Yeah, I agree. One of my friends asked me about it, and I said I felt cheated a little bit. A little bit cheated by it. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's this huge hype. We're trying to get to the record. I get it. I'm all about that. But it's this hype to say, we love you, fans. We want to give you more. That was not the case. That was not the case. Yeah, I mess- you know, I message I message my friend. I go, hey, I just got back from Avengers. He goes, how was the extra stuff? I wrote, not worth going again. <laughs> he goes, I figured. <laughs> womp, <as much."> womp. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks so. because now any boost they would have gotten higher on a Saturday and Sunday from word of mouth is killed because a lot of Correct. people were waiting to see, and now it's going to be if it was womp, womp. Yeah, because yep. I so. I dissuaded think- four people from going. Well, I still think, though, that, you know, like I said, when I went to go see it today, I was actually shocked at 1025 this morning that my theater was sold out. Um, my showings last night in my town were sold out. I live in a suburb of Austin, Texas, um, so it's not like I live in a small town. Um, I live, you know, in a metroplex area. So we there's a lot of people here in the area. So I was actually shocked to see these 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 showings sold out. I truly believe that. uh after this weekend, we're going to get the numbers and we're going to find that Avengers Endgame has finally beaten Avatar. I agree with you. I, I, 100%. I believe that will happen. I do agree with you, but I think 
I think where they could have made an impact was to blow past the record. And I think instead they're going to creep past the record. Like, I don't think that they're going to like blow it out of the water. Whereas if they had added five minutes of unique, interesting, different content, cut, cut scenes from like the battle with different people working together that you don't expect, like something like that. Uh, a little bit of what's happening in the five years for people, a little bit of that. Um, and left diehard fans who are 100% going to go on Friday and report back to people, it would have boosted it even further. And I think that they're not going to get that now. I think they'll beat the record, so fine. But I think it could have been even more impactful. And I think that, that a lot of people are waiting to see what it is all about and if it was worth it. And I can tell you personally, four or five, four for sure, were dissuaded by me today. And I said, look, if you loved it and you want to see it again in big screen, go. It's worth it for the Stanley Tribute alone to me. But I said, if you want to, if you are looking to have that thing that you get with end credit scenes, it's not there. And they were like, thanks for telling me now I won't go. And I was like, well, I kind of want you to go, but I get it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that's where, they're, where, where they lost a little bit of leverage is that we diehards have the power to tell people to go if it's worth it or not, especially my, my audience uh, and friends on Instagram and, you know, within the podcast network and everything, they, they understand like when I make a recommendation, it's not passing. I, I, I talk about a lot of things that I love, but I don't make recommendations lightly. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of your recommendations and I, I would agree with that. You're, you're, you're true to with what you say. And I think people do listen to you. So um, if you, if and when you do post to social media saying wasn't worth it, you're gonna you're gonna dissuade a bunch of people. So yeah, like I did today. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it's sad, um, and I don't. I think Marvel knew and expected that. I guess I don't know, but I don't know. It's just it's it's sad. It's sad to me that I, I felt like I was gypped when I got in there because I was expecting a few surprises, and to me, those weren't really surprises. No, especially because we knew the Stan. We knew up front that there was a Stanley tribute and a few surprises. Don't say Stanley tribute then, because I would have been surprised. I would have been like, "Oh my god, I didn't even see this coming," but I saw it coming. So then you took away one of the surprises. Yeah, I agree. You know, so you one of your most impactful, the most impactful part of that entire end was already teased. You already told us what it was, so you erased the ability for that to have a higher impact. Yeah, I think that they really missed the ball there by telling us in advance that there was a Stanley tribute and surprises. If they had left the Stanley tribute as one of the surprises, we have a couple of surprises for you at the end of the movie, so stick around. But don't tell it. Like, I knew going into it, and so that was not a surprise to me. And I was like, well, okay. So then what has to happen after that is that you have to surprise me. And you didn't. And which they, they failed miserably, I, I feel. Well... The other thing is, I feel this is the first time in 11 years where I feel like Marvel didn't understand what its audience wanted. Like, it's, I felt seen by them on this entire journey. Like, if I sat down with Kevin Feige and had a conversation, it'd be like, yes, yes, yeah, he gets it, he gets it, he gets me. He gets my level of fandom, he gets my love of these characters. He is step by step with me on this journey. And this was the first time I was like, really? 
Like where you were just phoning this in. You phoned this in. Yeah, and it, it, it was obvious they're doing it just to break the record. I mean, yeah. they were like, what can we scrap together at the last second? Oh, okay, let's. we got this Hulk scene. <laughs> oh, so, God. I don't know. Like, it was... I no. I can't stand pandering for the sake of pandering. You want to pander to me but give me something? Fine, pander away. But, like, I, you know, it was always going to be pandering regardless to get the record. But if I had yeah. gotten something out of it, I wouldn't care. I would I'd go to bat for it. But now... I can't, I can't defend it. <laughs> now, don't get us wrong. This isn't saying we don't like the movie. We just don't like oh. the additional stuff that they added at the end of this. Cause it, it, we feel like it was, we were gypped. Um, we were promised something special and I don't feel what we got was special. Yeah, no, I will fully go see it one more time, if not two more times. So that doesn't have any bearing on me seeing the film again. I just think to push it, this hard for an audience for a group of people that might not go see it again before the Blu-ray comes out. I think that's that's the cheat right there. Is that the Blu-ray's out in a like a month and a week, like uh, in August. So it's one thing if you're pushing it before Far From Home, see it one more time before it leaves theaters before before you see Far From Home because yeah, that I'm excited to see how. Peter's dealing in the aftermath of Endgame, and I definitely want to watch Endgame before I go see Far From Home. I actually think I'll probably watch, well, I don't know, before Tuesday, but um, I'd like to watch Homecoming, Infinity War, or Homecoming, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, Far From Home. Like, I love to take the movies out of context and watch them out of the context of the, like, the full journey and watch them as these character studies. Cause I think that they bring so much to the individual characters. So I would 100% love to watch it that way, which means going to see Endgame in theaters again. But th- yeah, this, I can't recommend. I, I feel I'll recommend really it in different ways for your bladder. No, I have a really <laughs> strong bladder. We're good. I, people I, left I was, multiple I was, times and I was like, what is wrong with these people? Like, yeah, I always joke around man. the very first time I saw it, I psyched myself up and like within the first 15 minutes, I was like out of the theater and this was the first time I saw it. I'm oh. like, God. And then like 45 minutes into it, I was out of the theater. And then like an hour and 20 minutes, I was out of the theater. I was like, this is ridiculous. Well, no, the second, I've... third, and then now this time I, I made it all the way through. I'm like, okay, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I I've know. seen it four times. I haven't gone to the bathroom once in all, any of those four times. Yeah, I, just I still haven't gone to the bathroom thing. since April 25th. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding it in I still. got great stomach muscles. It's amazing. <laughs> and I have a giant Coke Slurpee every time I go to the movies. So Yeah, I bought a large soda as well today. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't do anything to me. I'm an iron bladder. Much like Game of Thrones, That's Iron funny. Throne. <laughs> That's um, funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have a but like I mean, again, I saw all the Lord of the Rings in the theaters, which are almost as long, if not, well, the re-releases are longer, but, and Gone with the Wind is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I don't use bathroom bags for that, and it's way longer than than Endgame, so I don't have a problem with the length. I was like, this is too short anymore. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Gone with the Wind has an intermission. It does have an intermission, but I like the music, so I stay and listen. I've seen it in the <laughs> theaters. I didn't get up. I stay for the overture. I stay for the. I stay for the whole thing. Well, while we wrap up this episode, do you have any final thoughts on Avengers Endgame or the end credit scenes or anything like that? Do you have anything you want to 
add or briefly talk about before we wrap this up? Um, I'll just say that. It all? Yeah, I think we covered Endgame pretty well. I'm really excited for the, what the future holds. Um, as much as I do feel like this was an ending of sorts, um, it's so wide open to, for storytelling. I think I love that the team, that Kevin Feige and Co. Does aside from this whole end credit scene debacle, um, it's not a debacle. It's just a miss. It's a misfire. Let's call it that. Um, they tried and it wasn't great, but I think they really do understand us as fans overall. And I think going forward, um, especially with in the next couple months, we'll be getting big news about the next phases, um, especially at SDCC and D23. And I'm just so excited for what that means for storytelling, for the characters. Um, I can't wait for Disney Plus. I think that the Falcon Winter Soldier show is going to be wonderful. I'm like hyped for that one so much for Sam's journey in the aftermath of getting the mantle. Like, what what does that mean for the journey in a like a shorter run series on Disney Plus with the movies? Like, this is the this is the Agents of Shield moment that w- was missed when Agents of Shield didn't work in conjunction with the films. This is their chance to sort of get that back. I agree. So I'm I'm mad hyped for the future, even though I do feel like something has ended. That that's 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 fair to say. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what's going to be coming down the pipes as well. Um, I'm I'm going to be there day one for uh, Disney Plus. So I'm, oh. I'm like you. I'm 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 wanting to see this. Falcon uh, Winter Soldier show, and then also Loki, and oh. even find out what the hell this WandaVision thing is all about. Well, even um, like the What If show that's animated, I'm pumped for that because I think I think what Star Wars does really well is use multimedia to tell different stories, but that all collate into one. I will say I think mm-hmm. Marvel does it a little better, to be honest, but um, I think Star Wars uses more outlets. But Marvel storytelling is tighter to me, and I think to to sort of take f- different um, opportunities and roll them into the same world is what they wanted with Agents of Shield. It didn't land. It didn't work. Same with Netflix. I think the intention was that that was going to be an outlet for that to all coalesce and work together. It didn't work, but I think the intention was there, and I think that this is the actuality of what they wanted those other projects to be. So. So pumped. I, this is all I'm going to be talking about for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm going to just have well, like ha- written on my I'll tombstone. Bet. I'm going to have like just still watching the MCU like written on my tombstone. One hundred percent. Well, Lizzie, how how can our followers uh, find out more about you or or just follow you on social media? What is there anything that you could plug? Yeah, so you can come follow me on Twitter at TWT about Lizzie. So that's like shorthand for the wonderful thing about Lizzie, which is my website, the wonderful thing about Lizzie, as well as my Instagram. Um, you can follow my small shop at the Thrifty Duckling on either. Oh, I think it's different on Twitter, but I think if you put that in, it might come up. But definitely on Instagram, and then that's also my my small shop website. Um, and then the other, uh, network that I'm on is called random chatter and we have a bunch of podcasts and we love like cross pollinating podcasts. So, um, you know, we'll have to have you on guardians of the MCU sometime. That would be fun. And, um, those are, I think 
the main things right now. But yeah, definitely come. My main one, I will say, is probably my Instagram at the wonderful thing about Lizzie. That's my main hub for most things that I, and I can point people to other things through there. That's probably the best way. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap up and do it for this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. I want to thank my guest Lizzie for joining me on this week's episode. If you want to help the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you download your episodes. That really helps us tremendously. If you love social media, we are posting all sorts of geeky goodness on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. You can find us by using the handle Temple of Geek. Also, check out our website, templegeek.com. There you'll find more episodes of this show and much more. I guarantee that there's something there for everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've been Daniel, and we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.